Despite all the time I'd spent thinking about the void, I never actually pictured meeting them. I especially didn't picture them cutting me out of a car I'd stolen. The blindfolding was a nice touch. That I probably could have predicted. They dropped me into a metal chair, not particularly careful of my arm. I hear a second thud as I assume Clark is dropped next to me. Ow! It's Clark, all right. My blindfold is abruptly pulled off and I blink in the semi-darkness before me. A bulb that isn't doing much anyway flickers in and out overhead. The wood-planked floors and walls suggest some sort of cabin. I look to the window to see what floor we're on, but it's as near to complete darkness outside as I've ever seen. My hands are tied together in my lap. Next to me, Clark looks frantically around despite still being blindfolded. His hands are bound behind him. It's okay, Clark. You're sitting. Breathe. Clark, it's a strange name, huh? I spin and find the source of the woman's voice and see the clown from Iris's memorial just a few feet behind me. Her arms are crossed and she leans near an iron stove in the corner. Hi, Rhea. Oh, right. Sorry. It's rude of me. She pulls the mask off and reveals a gaunt, pale face. Her skin is pulled tight over high cheekbones, eyes black. She's got to be in her 50s? Maybe a gen or so younger than black. She's willowy, swaying as she approaches me, holding a small, dark bag. What's going on? I'll let you know when I do, I think. If this week has taught me anything, it's better to let them talk. She looms over me, looks for a long time at my face, almost smiles. She reaches down and with long fingers unties my wrists. She pulls over another small metal chair and we sit eye to eye. She grabs my arm, marred by several deep gashes and bruises. Of all the people looking for you, you really know how to get yourself into a mess. She pulls a small spray bottle from her bag, miss my arm with something that stings. She looks at my face for a response. I bite my tongue to keep from wincing. She takes a white cloth from the bag, rips it into a long strip with her teeth, then begins to tenderly wrap my arm. Raya, he's kind of a panicker, she says. I wonder why, I respond. Shit. I meant to keep being silent for at least another 15 minutes. The woman smiles. There it is. Wouldn't be getting the full experience if you spent the entire time sulking. Who are you? I think you know. Yeah, collectively. My name's Rebecca. Okay, Rebecca. Biblical batch. So she's 55. There were a couple hundred of them. Slightly less than black. She watches me like she expects some kind of recognition. It's possible we've met before, but I can't place her. You're much older than the last time I saw you. You guys know each other. I ignore him because, well, I don't know what else he expects. When was that? She doesn't answer me. What brings you all the way out here? She leans back in her chair now. I needed to leave. And where were you going? If I say a safe house, I know she'll call me out. I don't really care what Clark thinks of me anymore, but I can't have him losing his shit, so I say nothing. There's a tense beat of silence. Raya, you can trust me. I'm not one of them, clearly. 
I'm probably one of the last people who would even believe you. Someone killed Iris. I think they want it to be me, or me and Eros. Why? There's a gleam in her eye that wasn't there a second ago. I think they would be relieved if I was out of the way, if we both were, if we all were. She smiles with tight lips, turns to Clark. What about you, sir? Please, please let Clark have knocked himself out with all the panicking. Something about Rebecca's face tells me we don't need some President Black defense right now. For once, Clark says nothing. Rebecca stands and crosses to him. With a flick of her bony wrist, she unties his blindfold. He winces against the semi-brightness of the dim room. Better? He nods reluctantly. Who are you? Instead of responding herself, Rebecca looks to me. They're the void. Can you finish untying me? I'm not sure if I can trust you yet. You trust her. We're old friends. Although I do have to thank you, Clark, for triggering our location system. Rhea, would you like to come to dinner? Fuck, part of me wants to go. Just to see, impress them with a few Beckett quotes, ask what it is they do in their secret meetings, but this kills me. It really does. Clark, fucking Clark, I can't just leave him like this. If only I felt just a little less bad for him. I'm not hungry, thanks. There's that small, smug smile. Suit yourself. And she glides back towards the door. She pulls it open to the silence outside. Oh, and I am sorry about Iris. And then she's gone. There's a heavy click as she locks the door from the outside. I exhale and get to my feet. I untie Clark. What if she comes back? Then they'll tie us back up. He rubs his wrist thoughtfully. I'm sorry. He doesn't have to be, but I don't give him the satisfaction of saying that. Instead, I strip off my shirt. I don't need to turn to look at him to see his face. Relax. I'm keeping my bra on. I ball into a pillow and lie on the ground. I've slept in weirder places. You're going to bed? We need to make a plan. How are we getting out of here? How far are we even from the... My blood boils with the new rage that comes from continuously having to lie to him. I might have had no plan, but I definitely didn't want him with me. There's nothing we can do tonight. You don't even know where we are. You don't even know how bad these people are. Then why don't you go catch up to her? I pause, flip onto my other side so I'm facing him. I'm exhausted from driving all day. And listening to you and arguing with you and almost dying. And meeting fucking Morticia Adams. So yeah, I'm sleeping. I try and find a comfortable position on the hard floor. Clark stands and hesitates before crossing to the corner of the room. He faces the wall, and he too takes off his shirt. He looks back at me, shrugs as he balls it up. It was a good idea, and he lies down there in the corner. I'm not going to kill you, or take off any more clothes. No, I, um, I like sleeping in smaller spaces. He runs a hand through his hair, crosses his arms over his bare chest. My room is, I mean, was, very small, cozy. Sometimes I just get kind of nervous if I can't touch the walls. My dad said it might happen after I moved the anxiousness. As if something worse could happen. 
He turns away from me. I stare at him. He looks so vulnerable. So vulnerable and so annoying. I think about Hera not sleeping somewhere. I hope Apollo is taking care of her, and I hate myself for thinking that, and I hate myself for putting her in the position to be taken care of. I look back at Clark. Somewhere, someone is probably hoping I'm taking care of him. Ugh. I get up and walk silently across the room. I lie down next to him, with my back pressed against his. He jumps when he feels my skin on his. Pretend I'm a wall. I can't make Hera feel better tonight, but maybe helping this weirdo will at least let me sleep. When you said dad, what did you mean? He waits so long to respond, I think he's fallen asleep. There was this doctor at my facility, Falstaff, so I guess Shylock and Black's age. Um, we were very close. Most people didn't want to talk to me outside of what was necessary. I felt like a pet. Like a chore or a job, which, I mean, I, I guess I was, but he treated me like a kid, whenever he could, at least. We were kind of in our own bubble, and I don't even remember when it started, but I just started calling him Dad, which I think he liked. He loved the idea of families. His mentor had been named Clark, so my dad just started calling me Clark as kind of an inside joke. Like how kids used to be named after people their parents cared about, not themes. I know, and I'm surprised by the defensiveness in my own voice. But yeah, I mean, that was the idea. What's your real name? I'm not telling you. Is it Uranus? And I feel his back muscles contract as he laughs. Good night. It's totally Uranus. Have you ever had one of those nights when you lie very still and very quietly and very awake for a few hours and try and tell yourself that counts as sleep? Have you ever had three of those in a row? I've had trouble sleeping for years now, but since Iris died, it's been worse. So much worse. It's not made any better by the fact that we're currently sleeping in shifts, so one of the chaperones is always with the security team guarding Purse and Char. I think they're one step away from locking them up next to Eros. For safety. I don't think I could stand to be down there again. After Dion died, I worried it would halt things with him. That Eros's long shot at justice would be stalled, almost forgotten in the scramble. But I was wrong. Things have gotten so much worse. The word is they've been grilling him for the past 12 hours, assuming he knows something. I stand, I stretch, and remake the blankets on the cot. Not that I even moved them much. I reholster my gun at my hip. They've had to lend me one since Rhea still has mine. God, I hope she hasn't had to use it. Would she even know how? I think they've had one lesson their whole lives. Hey. Apollo is leaning against a doorframe at the end of the dark hallway. Were you watching me sleep? I was watching you pretend to. Our fight from a few days ago suddenly seems so unimportant, but just to cover my bases. I'm sorry about the other day. It was... He holds up his hand. Not even worth apologizing for. I'm sorry I fell on you. How's your wrist? It's fine. 
wrapped too tightly, vaguely itchy, but not worth complaining about, considering. How are they? Char has been knocked out for hours, with some help. He extracts a whiskey bottle from his pocket. Purse is quiet, but awake, just staring off into space. She doesn't want anything, doesn't want to talk. I can't believe he's gone. I know, of all people. He runs a hand over his face. He looks exhausted. He stares at me and actually suppresses a smirk. He presses his lips tightly together. What could you possibly be smiling about? Do you remember when we were kids and he got nailed in the face? You nailed him in the face. I was just kicking it to him. It was an accident. Didn't stop him from freaking out. And he got so mad, he climbed to the top of the swing set. (laughs) Why was he so good at climbing? And then when he was up there, he hurled his shoes at me. Called me (laughs) a squirrel-faced motherfucker. Legally, they said they weren't allowed to get him down themselves. They had to call the fire department. And we weren't even allowed to talk about it afterwards. I find myself smiling, too. The idea of the pudgy little Dion clinging to a firefighter as they climbed down the ladder... I wish there was going to be some kind of funeral where we could all sit around and tell stories like that. But I know it won't happen. We're all in lockdown. No fanfare. No goodbye. I'm going to go talk to Persephone. As I move to walk by him, he grabs my hand. You've got another two hours before you're on. Artemis just started. Please try and sleep. Like I haven't tried that. Try again. And he gently tows me back toward the cot. He takes his gun from an ankle holster. He reaches to my hip and places his hand on my weapon. But instead of removing it right away, his fingers glide a few inches onto the skin beneath my shirt. As he gently glides me toward him, his fingers brush the scar on my stomach. I jump. The sudden intimacy startles me. He quickly removes his hand. I'm sorry. Sorry. He whispers. He takes my hand now slowly. I let him. He climbs onto the cot, pulls me down beside him. My face just a few inches from his, he kisses my forehead, then closes his eyes. You squirrel-faced motherfucker. Eyes still shut, he smiles. The faint light pools in his dimples. I watch him carefully, drooping my lids any time I feel him stir. But he doesn't for some time. His face relaxes. I study him bring my fingertips within centimeters of lines where there used to be smooth young skin. We're in our 30s now. I wonder how old we'll get. If we'll be old together? I think about what's happened the last few days. Something has changed, but I think it's only my ability to admit something I've known for a while. Eros said a lot of things to me, but one there was something about... It's always Rhea. Even now, in the state he's in, I know exactly what he means because on some level I've known it's always been Apollo. Even at the time I hated him most, I never imagined him not being around. And after the past few days, the idea of him not being around doesn't seem that far-fetched. I know you must be thinking that I love him just because it's convenient. I thought that too, but it's just the opposite. His temper and his attention-seeking, his selfishness, make loving him so, so, so inconvenient. But I do. I'm not going to forgive him because he deserves it, but because I deserve it. Deserve this. Rhea will take a while to come around, but 
Rhea, and then the warm breath of sleep on my neck turns cold again. Gently, I lift Apollo's arm off me. I roll off the cot and creep down the hallway toward the yoke where there's become a makeshift dorm. There's a guard outside. He nods in my direction. I hold my ID bracelet up to the yoke's reader and the door slides open. It's dark except for the glow from the screen. The news is on, but the sound is off. The table that's usually in the center of the room has been removed, replaced with more cots. Char is curled up, fast asleep, his legs hanging off the small frame. Purse lies staring comatose at images on the screen, seeing but not. I cross to her, and I sit on the ground close to her feet. Did you tuck Apollo in? I paused, slightly caught off guard. I did. Well, at least someone is getting something out of this. It's kind of comforting to hear her at least sound like herself. Her face is sallow, almost green in the light from the screen. Her usual thick makeup has streaked down her face. She looks like that dolly painting? Rhea would know. I'm sorry, Purse. I knew him for a long time. I know you and Dion were close. He cared about you a lot. Way more than anyone else. Do you have any real news about what happened? I stand, pour a glass from the pitcher of water in the room. I stretch my long sleeve over my hand, dip it in the cool liquid, and kneel in front of her. I can't tell you anything. She turns, and for the first time, I get a good look at her eyes. They're simmering. They traced the bullet, found the gun in a residence building, too far away for it not to be a pro. They don't know if it was intended for him or... I trail off. I don't know if that would make her feel any better. She's quiet, watching like she didn't hear me. Slowly, I begin to wipe away the dark streaks from her cheeks. She watches me. Everyone knows you're not sleeping again. Everyone thinks you're about to freak out and they'll have to put you in a fucking straitjacket. You look terrible. You're one to talk. My friend died. My sister is missing. Not the same thing. She could be hurt, or worse. She's not dead. She would never just let herself die way out there. Not make it a big scene. Can't blame her. Used to think the same thing. Kinda got enough yesterday, though. I'm sorry, you... Have you ever been jealous of her? The question gets brought around to me so quickly I'm unsure of how to answer. But she doesn't respond, just keeps staring at me. No, I haven't. She smirks. I continue to work on her face. Liar. I haven't. She pauses. Well, I was. When I was a kid, anyway. I wished I'd had a you. Never seemed like Rhea needed you. Seemed unfair. As badly as she fucked up, everyone would just let her off with a warning. You can only be so disappointed in someone. She still always had you, though. Because you cared. You had chaperones? Come on. Not good ones. I bite my tongue, but my face must give it away. You think that's my fault? No, you were manipulated. You were just 14 when... 
but there have been situations you've gotten yourself into. You're fucking right I have. You don't think I just had to pick up certain skills because Black was watching Iris and you were watching Rhea and no one who was watching me wanted, well, they weren't trying to protect me. I guess Dion was the exception there at the end. And I'm not biting my tongue anymore. She's... I mean, she's right. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. She watches me, then smiles. I'll try and accept that. If only I was so generous with my forgiveness as you. That isn't true. Really? When was the last time you were mad at Rhea for more than an hour? Or Black, the two people who manipulate you the most. She's angry. She's just talking to talk. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think you'd hold out with Apollo this long. I was actually kind of proud of you. It's not simple. Did you ever forgive Iris? Yes, Purse, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Oh, really? What would you rather talk about, Rhea? That's the only person you've really worried about since this whole thing started. She's my sister. You two say that like it's something you earned. Someone killed Iris. Someone killed Dion. They're dead, and we don't know who did it or why. It could be Eros, who's probably being waterboarded right now. But no, let's worry about Rhea, who chose to leave because, shocker, she was only thinking about herself. She now leans a few inches from my face. I don't know how to help them, I murmur uselessly. You're just afraid to fail. Again. She throws that last part out so casually, it takes me a few moments to register what she means. I recoil from her. I need to go back to Apollo and the warm bed. I need to be out of here. But she lunges forward, grabs my wrist. Let's just figure out what happened to them. They want to find Rhea. I hate to break it to you, but she looks guilty. And the fact that she tricked Clark. She didn't do this. She didn't. And then my blood turns so cold, it stops running. How did you know he goes by Clark? Persephone smooths her slack face to a ghost of its old guarded self. How would you know she tricked him? Neither that or his nickname have been disclosed. Hera, it doesn't. But before she can say more, I'm on my feet. I grab her shoulders. You've spoken to her. No, I haven't. Not since she was leaving. Where was she going? I don't know. I swear I don't know. Why didn't you stop her? Why didn't you tell anyone? I didn't think she'd really... And without thinking, I slap her hard across the face. I feel a large pair of hands on me and hear Shar's voice in my ear. Hera, breathe. You should be glad I let her go. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? I'm helping you. But before I have time to ask another question, the door slides open and two armed guards grab me. My eyes are shut, but my other senses are having a fucking field day. The sound of birds is like something out of Snow White. 
My cheek is resting on the smooth skin of Clark's chest. I'll let that bother me later because, oh my God, I smell coffee. I sit up abruptly and my back aches. It was going too well. I open my eyes and am just a few feet from Rebecca. She grins, holds out a steaming mug. It's black. That's the only choice. Sounds familiar, I say. She opens her mouth too wide for such a small laugh. (laughs) I hesitate before sipping. I'm not trying to poison you. If I wanted to kill you, I would have left you. She promises. I sip. She nods, holds a finger to her lips. I turn and Clark is curled just a few inches away from me. Rebecca jerks her head towards the door. It's daytime. He'll be fine. I'll be right back anyway. I follow her out into the early morning sunshine. It's strange to see so many trees unimpeded by concrete and asphalt. All the other structures are made out of wood. Much of it is mismatched. It doesn't look good, but it does look less manufactured than anything I've seen in a while. Or ever. A group of women fill plastic water jugs by a spring. I suddenly look down at my coffee. Don't worry. We still purify it. How was your night? Fine. You looked pretty comfortable. Does she expect me to blush? Your intelligence is way worse than I thought if you think he's my type. He does seem to be a lot of work for you, especially since Eros proved to be more capable than you thought. He didn't kill Iris. The snapping of my voice contrasts with the idyllic chirping around me. I only meant that they were copping after hours, which we knew even before Persephone's post. Well, I mean, it does seem like everyone knew about that except me, so whatever. Can I ask you something? She turns to me. Who do you think did it? Them? Either directly or... I don't know what would have made Eros do that, but... I mean, if... This was their fault. More women about Rebecca's age and slightly older walk past, rifles slung over their shoulders. They nod to the two of us. Who are you guys? Oh, Rhea. We're the mothers. Of what? But she says nothing, just stares at me. There's a beat, then another, then... Oh, shit. You're my surrogate. Yeah. I carried you. We have met before. Oh, I'd say we're pretty familiar. She looks at me, winks. You're never allowed to ask about the carriers, and it was never a job that was hiring during my lifetime, so I didn't think about it too much. You're all mothers. Genetically, no. All over what remains of the world, though, that's where we are. It's a nasty part of the deal, you see. They offer you money, a place to stay, and most of all, a sense of purpose. But after it's done, you're exiled. Think they worried we'd have had too much influence. We thought influence was just what we wanted. And that's how we started the void. Staring at these middle-aged women, it's hard to imagine they're the ones who've been terrorizing people for a decade. Did you carry Hera too? No. I guess I never imagined us having any different parentage at any point down the line. I guess it doesn't matter, anyway. (laughs) Maybe that's why you're so different. 
Rebecca says. You spent too much time listening to my thoughts. I study her profile, half searching for the familiarity I saw in Hera every day. It isn't a bad thing. I respect Hera for her dedication to her principles. But she has misused her power. You all had such potential. But most of you squandered it, feeding into a system that clearly isn't working. I know to you, you just look like a bunch of old ladies, but we're planning something big. We had someone on the inside, but they'd gotten cold feet. Said the death of Iris shook them up too much. Now wasn't the time, etc., etc. As if time is something we have to waste. Someone is helping you? She smiles tightly, turns to me. Was. As of yesterday, they're dead. <laughs>